Real quick before I start today's episode, I want to remind everybody that your mental health is very important. If you need somebody to talk to, you can message me on any of my social media platforms or email me at fitnessforeveryperson at gmail.com. But if you feel like giving up and you need somebody to talk to right this second, please call 1-800-273-8255. Just don't give up. You do have a purpose. Please believe that. The Avidity Fitness Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Avidity Fitness Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to episode 11. Today, I want to talk about intermittent fasting. It's been a couple weeks since I recorded an episode, I think. I think it's been two weeks. Things have been real busy and hectic on this end, uh, but I'm I'm keeping it all together. Summer's hitting me, though. It's pretty hot. Um, we're not even in the, the hottest part of the summer yet. I believe it's going to get pretty brutal. But, yeah, I've been busy at work, been busy trying to launch the brand. Um, you know, I can sit here and make excuses all day, but I'm back. Boom, I'm back got a new mic well really it's not mine it's my brother's but i'm gonna get the same one so this is the quality that we're gonna have going forward um so yeah here we are uh if you if you haven't followed me yet on facebook and instagram please do so subscribe to my youtube channel as well uh if you have any suggestions on content to make let me know because um, I, I'm gonna keep doing with like the yoga videos and stuff. I mean, I got I got a bunch in mind. I got a, uh, uh, some stuff that I'm working on recording here soon. I'm doing an ab video. Everybody loves a good ab workout, so I'm gonna show one of my favorite little routines that I used to do all the time. Um, but I just I just dropped a new video. Uh, it's a grain-free dessert. It's a chocolate souffle. It's delicious. Okay, so my girlfriend, just real real quick, a, a peek behind the curtain, if you will. Um, my girlfriend is a certified patissier. That's like a French pastry chef. And she's absolutely lovely with it. She is a wizard at her craft, and she's getting better all the time. But anyway, she helped me develop a recipe um, and taught me. She like walked me through the steps making the the souffle because it's not like it's not really all that simple. But it's grain free. It's dairy free. It's gluten free. It's basically paleo, I believe. I mean, I'm not a you know a doctor with this stuff, but it's really healthy. It's, it's like, uh, I think it was almond flour, or coconut flour. I can't remember, but I got the recipe wrote down because I'm working on a, a fitness recipe book for whenever I complete my, uh, fitness nutrition certification course. I'm going to have a, a little recipe book with breakfasts, bre- breakfast, breakfasts. I don't know how you say that, but your yeah, breakfast, meals, lunches, dinners, 
healthy little snacks and obviously desserts because everybody loves dessert. And we've been making a lot of really good healthy desserts over here over the years because that's what happens when you're into fitness and you're dating a pastry chef. So go check that video out. It's it's pretty cool. Um, let me know what you think. You can email me for the recipe. I didn't put the recipe on the video um, just because I feel like that's too easy. You know, if you like what you're seeing, reach out to me. You know, let's talk. I want to I want to interact with whoever I'm giving the recipe to. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, go check that out. Um, how's everybody doing, though? Uh, the pandemic was supposedly slowing down and then it looks like we're hitting the reset button in a couple couple states that open really early. And you know, my thoughts have kind of went up and down like on what we should be doing. I mean, the whole time I always preface everything that like I'm not an expert in anything. So like that's why I'm not making decisions. But at first it kind of felt like let's just lock everything down and just bunker down, you know, let's like, let's lay low and base quarantine. Like, like let's all just self quarantine until we see what's going on. And then it looks like over time, um, as tests, like more people started testing positive and like testing became more readily available. Um, the death rate like significantly dropped. So, I believe that it showed that it's not as deadly. Like, it's definitely, like, will spread like crazy. It's like one of those types of viruses that can spread really quickly and really easily. But I don't think it's anywhere near as life-threatening as we all thought in the beginning, which isn't a bad thing because we don't know what it is, so... It's a good thing that we did treat it like it could be potentially um, lethal to a vast amount of people. But anyway, this is a a fitness show. So the reason why I'm asking how everybody's doing is because, you know, this, I think, had a heavy effect on a lot of people's, you know, mental fitness, obviously their physical fitness, too. I mean, both ways, because a lot of people took the time to start working out more and meditating more and trying to understand themselves more and and calm themselves, like their mind more, which is a good thing. But, you know, there's a lot of people that also went the opposite route, like took this as an opportunity to like be even lazier, you know, stay in and watch even more Netflix and whatnot. And so, like, that's the physical side, but I think it had it it could have had a, a really large effect on society's mental side as well. I know for me, like, it, it was like a mental roller coaster for me. I was up and down. You know, one week I was like, "Man, nothing's bothering me. Um, I'm I'm super aware of what's going on. I'm just doing my thing. I'm in my zone." I'm staying away from everybody. And then the next week I was like deep into conspiracies thinking the world might be ending (laughs) in a few days. So, you know, I know it definitely affected me. So I hope everybody is taking care of themselves the best that they can. Um, And obviously 
uh, I'm here to try to help you with that if you do need help. That's what the podcast is for. That's what the brand and the community that we're building is for. It's to be here as an anchor for, uh, like, you know, if you ever have doubt or you want to reassure yourself or you just want to see something positive, um, something healthy, you know, it, this is that's what it's for. This is to help build the foundation of your health and wellness and stay consistent with it. So if you need help, obviously, if you just need somebody to talk to or you need a routine or you want to just, you got questions, anything, just let me know, message me, email me, all that. I'd be glad to talk to anybody. Um, but with all that being said, I want to discuss a really popular topic nowadays, and that's intermittent fasting. Um, it's one of those things that kind of hit the mainstream, like the trends, all the all the fitness memes and stuff that went around Instagram and a bunch of articles started being wrote and dug up about it. And it became a way, just another tool that people were trying to use as like a, a badge. Like, this is what I do to lose weight or this is what I did. This is what I'm going to try. You know, instead of just looking at their routine and their habits as a whole, like stepping back and looking at their whole life and what they've been doing and how that's been adding up. And that's not to say, this is just my philosophy. I'm going to get into an article that was um, wrote by Dr. Monique Tello. She's a really awesome MD. Uh, she wrote a really good article in her blog on the Harvard Medical School website. But I really like her a lot because she is like directly against pharmaceutical stuff, all that. We'll, we'll get into her in her article because she does, you know, obviously she knows more about what she's talking about with this stuff on the science side and stuff. I mean, because she's, I mean, she's a doctor. Come on. But I just want to talk about my philosophy. Like, you know, when, when I say I think people use it as kind of like a a way out, I don't mean that it's a bad thing. Like using it as a way out is a bad thing. But intermittent fasting isn't necessarily a bad thing. That's just a tool in the toolbox, you know, just like planks, just like um, whatever, um, carbs, just like any anything that is used or could be a modality for your health. So that's not what I mean by by like it's a way out. But I do think that it can be used obviously for great benefit. Well, I guess it's not necessarily obvious, but it is it's obvious to me because like naturally as humans, whenever we were like in a tribal state, when we're nomadic and we had to hunt and gather for our food, like, you know, the supermarket wasn't on the corner. We didn't just have a endless supply of food and snacks and processed stuff to just eat, eat, eat whenever we wanted. You know, we sit around, we just eat like everything's re revolves around food in our society now. Like every holiday revolves around food. We get together, 
to um you know watch a movie and we're eating popcorn and m&ms we get together to watch the super bowl and it's a smorgasbord of snacks and foods so like everything it's just food all the time and it was not like that when humans were first evolving into humans and becoming what we are now i mean thousands of years ago like there were periods that you went hungry and you you had to deal without nutrients or at least dense nutrients like the protein and animal fats and stuff like that that really keep you alive and really keep you going you know you had to you had to make do with being hungry that's why they humans were a lot smaller back then but so i think it's a natural thing just to begin with before we even start like looking at scientific studies or anything like that, I think it just makes sense that fasting every once in a while could definitely be beneficial. I mean, it's what we did as humans and we survived back then. So just the consumption of food all the time, never being hungry, I think is slowly evolving us into something different than what we've always been. If that makes sense, that's a little foo-foo sounding. Like I'm a philosopher or something, right? Well, that's just what I think. Um, And I think that whenever people have been unhealthy their entire life or maybe just most of their life, but most likely like their entire life, and, you know, you see those people all the time. They're just looking for a way out. They try Zumba. And I'm not – I'm not – talking bad on nobody or any company or training style but if you go to those Zumba classes and you look at them you'll see the same exact people in there every Zumba class like every whatever you see them all the time I I do at least I see the same faces going in and out of the Zumba room at my gym for years and they they they're still overweight you know they still look unhealthy I mean it's good that they're getting a cardio in and they're getting you know blood moving around but still like they're still not changing you know a lot of them are still overweight like they literally have no composition difference but they think that the Zumba's working and keeping them keeping their fat off and stuff but really what they're doing if they're going to Zumba but then they're having margaritas on the weekends. They're eating all the chips and salsa. I always use that reference. And it's funny because my girlfriend loves chips and salsa and margaritas. And like, that's always my first reference when I'm trying to reference somebody that's like, you know, going out on the weekend and stuff. I always say margaritas and chips and salsa. I don't know why. It's some like subconscious thing or something. I don't know. But you know, you know what I'm talking about. It's the people that do like the special training or the special diet that they saw on the internet or some influencer talking about and they swear by it but then they don't stick to it necessarily so you know they'll do whatever the hardcore workout routine through the week but then they're not changing their actual like deep habits that are inhibiting their progression so they hang on to these cool 
I don't know what you would call them, like, um, you know, like advertised result generating whatever. What if it's a work like Zumba or um, a diet tea or um, those things that you wrap around your belly and it's supposed to make you sweat the fat off, you know, whatever it is, it's like, it's like band-aids. That's what it is. That's the perfect analogy. It's not a, it's not a way out. So like, I'm talking about people that are just putting band-aids over their issues. I don't know why it took me so long to come up with the perfect analogy, but it's, it's a band-aid. Intermittent fasting, I think a lot of time is used as a band-aid. People are eating like terribly and they're not moving their body correctly or, you know, they're doing the Zumba stuff. And see, to me, that's still not moving your body correctly. Because if you have imbalances and, you know, that's a deep subject. But I don't think people should just be jumping around like that. You know, there's a there's a way to progress into an overall consistent, healthy lifestyle. So, like, just jumping it, just going for an hour a day, five days a week and smashing your body and then the rest of it. So, you know, what is that? That's an hour a day for five days a week. That's only five hours. How many other hours in that week are you treating your body like you don't respect it? And then intermittent fasting pops up on some something that you believe in or something that you, you like and or somebody that you like and they swear by it. So then now you swear by it. You're going to try it out. And you might see some results. Uh, I believe that most people, whenever they first intermittent fast, they start seeing results because they're losing water weight. Because they've been bloated. They've been eating processed stuff. And then, you know, you fast and you flush a lot of those toxins out. Your body gets rid of it all because it's finally getting a chance to get it out. So you lose just the water weight, like that initial, it's it's not subcutaneous fat, that's for sure. So that's my philosophy on it. So let's dig into what Dr. Malik Tello believes. And let me, let me tell you a little bit about her because she's really cool. Um, I read her book, Healthy Habits for Your Heart. You guys should pick that up if you're into reading. Um, it's an awesome, um, it's a great book. So you guys should check that out. Monique Tello, Healthy Habits for Your Heart. But that's how I found her first. And she's like, she writes for the Harvard Health Blog on the, the Harvard Medicine website. She's got a lot of awesome little articles on all types of subjects. Uh, let's see. I want to read this part right here. It talks about no advertisements or solicited views. This is why I dig Dr. Monique Tello. She says, my academic medical institution does not accept pharmaceutical representatives nor marketing of any kind. In other words, no product pushing, no free samples, no swag. This is because it is well-known, research-proven, in fact, that when doctors accept these things, they become less objective and their prescribing habits change. For this same reason, I do not accept advertising and do not feature solicited services nor products on my blog or website. 
If I offer an opinion or suggestions for a suggestion for a service or a product, it's an honest and objective opinion, and I don't get anything for sharing it. And to me, that's awesome. That's as forthcoming and honest. Like she's keeping it as real as can be, and that's what I'm all about. I love it when people get down and they they cut the politics out. Because that's the thing. Every time I talk to somebody, never mind, we're not going to get into me because, yeah, I'll just sound like I'm whining. So anyway, she's she's really cool. She's um, She's an MD, so she's a medical doctor. She's based in Boston, Massachusetts. She's a primary care physician, a primary care physician medical school instructor, researcher, writer, and a mother, all stimulating jobs that bring rich experiences. She feels very lucky and very tired. I bet she does. Jeez. Physician, a primary physician, a medical school instructor, researcher, writer, and a mother. Goodness. But this is her article. It's um, Intermittent Fasting, a surprising update. She posted this. On June 29th, 2018, uh, and she updated it in February of this year, 2020, so uh, four months ago. All right, hold on one second. I got to get some water. Drinking, sipping uh, white tea. Hold on. I'll tell you what it is. It's great though. It's amazing. I did real quick. I did yoga earlier, right before I started recording the podcast. Uh, amazing. Now I'm sipping tea. Just living the life. Staying healthy. Okay, so I got this green tea with white tea uh, from Celestial Seasonings. Put two bags in there. Woo! That's good stuff, though. It's really good. I just got my throat kind of dry. All right. So, um, right here, she's talking about the backstory on intermittent fasting. She says it's a weight loss approach, and it was first popularized in 2012 by BBC broadcast journalist Dr. Michael Mulsey uh, on his TV documentary, Eat Fast, Live Longer, and his book, The Fast Diet. And then it was followed up by journalist Kate Harrison's book, The 5-2 Diet, based on her own experience. And then subsequently followed up by Dr. Jason Fong's 2016 bestseller, The Obesity Code. Intermittent fasting generated a steady positive buzz as antidotes of its effectiveness proliferated. Okay, so I read a lot of books, and I've read quite a few health and nutrition books in the past few years, but I haven't read a single one of those. Um, so I can't, I can't speak on any of that. Uh, as a lifestyle-leaning research doctor, I needed to understand the science. So she read... Dr. Jason Fung's obesity code, and she loved it. Uh, he had plenty of research, clinical experience, and sensible nutrition, nutritional advice. 
He's very clear that we should eat more fruits and veggies, fibers, healthy protein and fats, avoid sugar, refined grains, processed foods, and stop snacking. I agree. The only part that was still questionable in my mind was the intermittent fasting part. I was literally just about to interrupt my reading and say, well, he's not, that has nothing to do with fasting. Like, I'm not trying to shoot him down quite yet, but if he's talking about eating eating more fruits, veggies, fiber, proteins, fats, and avoiding sugar and processed foods, like that has that's not fasting at all. It's just eating whole nutritious foods, which I agree with. We should definitely all do that. Um, so okay, so she doesn't follow up with talking about how he does clear up what his stance on intermittent fasting, I guess the whole book fell short in explaining that part so she goes on to talking about how intermittent fasting can help weight loss uh intermittent fasting makes intuitive sense which that's what i was talking about well i'm like trying to relate very roughly and jaggedly trying to relate uh like us now and how we eat compared to how we did when we were like nomads and stuff yeah, that was a rough, rough comparison. It was like, yeah, but you guys get it. And she's saying that it makes intuitive sense as well. Uh, the food we eat is broken down by enzymes in our gut and eventually ends up as molecules in our bloodstream. Facts. Carbohydrates, particularly sugars and refined grains, are quickly broken down into sugar, which our cells use for energy. If our cells don't use it all, we store it on fat cells as well fat so that's literally the idea of putting on subcutaneous fat like if you're eating too much energy like you consume too much energy that then you expend and and your body doesn't know what to do with the energy it gets stored as fat but sugar can only enter our cells with insulin a hormone made in the pancreas That was my dog. You all right back there, bud? Sugar can only enter our cells within insulin, with insulin, a hormone made in the pancreas. That's a fact. Um, Insulin brings sugar into the fat cells and keeps it there. Okay, between meals, as long as we don't snack, our insulin levels will go down and our fat cells can then release their stored sugar to be used as energy. We lose weight if we let our insulin levels go down. The entire idea of intermittent fasting is to allow the insulin levels to go down far enough for long enough that we burn off our fat. That makes sense. I mean, yeah, that makes, I mean, that's why people that don't eat that much are skinny, usually. So she's saying sugar can only enter our, with insulin. So the sugar can only get into the cells when there's insulin being made from the pancreas and that's when the insulin brings the sugar into the fat cells right and if we and she's saying if we don't snack the insulin levels go down so the sugar the sugar that's, that has been caught by the insulin and pulled into the fat cell can uh, be released whenever the re- insulin levels go down and they stop pulling in um the sugar into the fat cells then they can start releasing some and that's used as energy 
Uh, yeah, makes sense to me. And fasting can be hard, but maybe it doesn't have to be. Okay, she's this. This is just going into talking about um, her idea on fasting, and she says to stick with a sensible plant-based Mediterranean style diet, which I don't completely agree with. I think eating a lot of plants and stuff is really good for you, but we need animal fats. Not a lot. Obviously, America eats way too much everything, but definitely way too much meat. Like We don't need that much meat, but we do still need animal fats 100%. She said, but she goes, I like this part right here. We have evolved to be in sync with the day and night cycle, which is what we call the circadian rhythm. Our metabolism has adapted to daytime food and nighttime sleep. Because back then, when we were nomads and first becoming humans, we had to use the day to get all our food and do everything we needed to do to harvest our stuff, hunt whatever whatever time period you want to go back to we use the sun to get our things done and then we use the nighttime to rest and recover and um, recharge our energy and nighttime eating is she goes on to say nighttime eating is well associated with a higher risk of obesity as well as diabetes because everything gets stored a lot easier based on this Researchers from the University of Alabama conducted a study with a small group of obese men with prediabetes. They compared a form of intermittent fasting called early time restricted feeding, where all meals were fit into an early eight hour period of the day, 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Um, just real quick, that's my favorite style of eating. I eat between 6 a.m. and 2 p.m. I do my best at least. And that's when I have my, that's when I feel the best and I see the, the most results. I preach, not necessarily preach, I wouldn't say that, but I do think that everybody should try uh, eating in a time restricted window. That's what she's talking about right there. Uh, early time restricted feeding. She quoted that because I guess that's what the University of Alabama study, like the researchers called it. That's a really stupid name if you ask me. Sorry, guys. I'm sure you guys are way smarter than me, but you should have hit me up because um, early time restricted feeding just, I mean, I guess you are talking about starting it in the morning. But Okay, we're back. Um, had some minor technical difficulties there with the microphone. Um, it was, it, it cut out. I don't know what happened. I didn't get to the bottom of it, but we're back up and running. And I try to adjust the volume a little bit because the initial recording, um, the part one before the mic cut out, sounded really loud. So hopefully this is a little bit better. If not, then I will adjust it some more and get it perfectly tuned for the next episode. But um, back to the study that we were talking about with the time-restricted window, um, the group of obese men that ate from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m., and then fasted, you know, from 3 p.m. to 7 a.m. the next day. It says that they had a dramatically lower insulin levels. Uh, significantly improved insulin sensitivity. As well as significantly lower 
blood pressure. Uh, and that sounds wonderful to me for, for your health, obviously. Um, that's probably why I feel so good whenever I do my time. Cause you know, like I said, I eat from 6am to 2pm and I I'm telling you, that's when I feel amazing. I, I got the most energy. I feel like I can conquer the world, honestly. So it's gotta be because all my insulin levels are starting to balance out and get in check. Um, my sensitivity's down and my blood pressure's down like that. It's like a math problem. <laughs> like two plus two equals four, right? Um, and she goes on to say, what might change? What might changing timing help? Why does simply changing the timing of our meals to allow for fasting make a difference in our body? An in-depth review of science of intermittent fasting recently published in New England Journal of Medicine shed some light. Fasting is evolutionarily embedded within our physiology, triggering several essential cellular functions, which that's interesting because that's what I was talking about, um, comparing us back to like us now to ancient humans. You know, she says fasting is evolutionarily embedded within our physiology. So it's like fasting is what made us become what we are. It triggers several essential cellular functions. Flipping the switch from a fed to fasting state does more than help us burn calories and lose weight. The, reacher, the researchers comb through dozens of animal and human studies to explain how simple fasting improves metabolism, lowering blood sugar, lessens inflammation, which it improves a range of health issues from arthritic pain to asthma and even clears out toxins and damaged cells, which lowers risk for cancer and enhances brain function. The article is deep but worth a read. And she's talking about the New England Journal of Medicine um, talking covering uh, intermittent fasting, if you guys are interested in that. So is intermittent fasting as good as it sounds? And she went and talked to the director of a general hospital, and he's a professor at Harvard Medical School, and he said there's evidence to suggest that the circadian rhythm fasting approach where meals are restricted to an 8- to 10-hour period of the daytime is effective. Though generally, she recommends that people use an eating approach that works for them and is sustainable to them. Okay, well, so it sounds like you should eat your meals, what this article is saying and what I believe and what I preach to my clients and to um, my loved ones, the people close to me that look to me for advice. Uh, I tell them, eat good whole foods when you need them. So while you're moving your body, working, thinking, planning, um, using brain power, muscle power, skeletal power, all of that, when you're using energy, that is when you need to be consuming energy. And then whenever it's time to rest, it's time to let your body digest, um, recover, repair, and get ready for the next cycle of when you are using energy and consuming energy, which is what they call breakfast. Breakfast. The first meal of the morning is called breakfast. Break fast. 
You're breaking your fast from the night because it's not good to be digesting food while you're trying to sleep. So it all comes down to your habits and the lifestyle that you're living that will create the outcome and not only the outcome, but the progress that you see, the results that you get. So using intermittent fasting as a tool could bring great benefits. Like she lists um, the right here. It's, it says that it, it helps with arthritic pain and asthma, clears out toxins and damaged cells. It helps improve metabolism, lowers blood sugar, and lessens inflammation. So it could be a great thing to burns calories and it helps you lose weight, but to rely on it to save you from your terrible decisions and your terrible habits and your terrible eating patterns to put a band-aid on all of that is not going to it's not going to help. It's not going to save you. You're not going to see the results that you want to see and it's it's like you're taking two step forwards just to take three backwards. So my thoughts and my beliefs on intermittent fasting is that it should be used periodically just to remind yourself how important nutrients are and what a blessing it is to have them on hand at all times. We take it for granted. We all do. Everybody does. So use it to look introspectively at yourself and understanding who you are. Don't use it to pull you out of your really negative cycle of habitual decisions. And that's it. We ran a little long on this episode, but I like it. I like this format that I'm in. Um, I'm using a new interface on my laptop. I'm off of my phone now. So that's thanks to you all that's been listening to me and encouraging me to continue speaking on my platform. Um, real quick, just some a little bit of news on me, on my personal trainer courses that I'm taking. I just finished my midterm last week and I scored an 88. Uh, there were 60 questions and I believe I got 53 of them right. So I only got seven wrong out of 60. I haven't reviewed the test yet because uh, I love to review back. I want to know what I got wrong. So I will be doing that this week and I'll be going over all of it and then continuing on with the next modules of the, the training course, whatever you want to, I don't even know what you call it. Um, the classes. And so the, the, the personal training certification is coming soon. I will be certified within this year and my fitness nutrition certification will probably be be happening like early next year and that's it i think that's all the news i got uh i had my thoughts a lot better organized before the mic went out but that kind of threw me off but uh next week i believe i will be recording again and i haven't quite found the topic. I don't know if I should start teasing topics ahead of time to get people interested or if I should just drop new ones just randomly, like random topics, whatever. Uh, but 
be on the lookout for my first guest. I will be bringing on. I've I've talked about it before in previous episodes, but um, we're starting to coordinate it some more now, so it should be happening soon. Um, it's my really good buddy. He's um, a proud Marine. Uh, a beautiful mind. I don't know how to describe him, but it should be a a, a great episode. We're going to talk about motivation. We're going to talk about discipline. We're going to be talking about overcoming adversity. He has an amazing story and journey of his career through the military and a lot of things that he had to overcome. So we're going to discuss all of that and how to build a resilient lifestyle. So that'll be great. Um, and that's that's all I got. Um, follow me on Facebook and Instagram, check out the YouTube channel. Let me know what you think about that chocolate souffle. I'm telling you, it was, um, um, it's a recipe that you want. So go watch the YouTube video and then email me, check out the yoga flows that I got on YouTube as well. Um, stay sharp, stay ready, stay healthy, stay fit, um, and eat your vegetables.